Welcome to the Dear Warren Podcast, where we do backseat parenting. We share stories, principles, parables, and lessons, and pass them down to my son, Warren. But most importantly of all, we try to have fun and hope you do too. Yes, we're back. We're around. And this episode features a good friend of mine, Mr. John Kempf. Uh, this episode, John and I, we got into a great technical discussion, uh, but it's not exactly like you would think. We geeked out on software development for a bit, but he had a lot to say about work culture, uh, especially in modern times today, working uh, remotely, as well as uh, getting into how he went from a degree in arts and a passion for it to this whole other field uh, with laser-like focus in self-teaching himself programming um, and the like for his career. We tried to dis- uh, dissect patterns of learning, and uh, I, I think I'm just rambling on now. So it was a lot of fun, and I was very glad to finally have a chance to talk to him. So please enjoy as we present to you, John Kempf. This is the Dear Warren Podcast. And I am here with my very good friend, uh, John Kempf. How are you, John? I'm pretty good. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you again for making on yet another kind of like rainy Sunday, as opposed to all the other w- weekends where it has been nice. And then, you know, you always get that one lemon. It's good podcast weather. <laughs> it's good for uh, just anything, especially now with the beautiful weather that was going on yesterday, you know, being able to go in and walk in the park and then it suddenly transi- transitions to this and you're just like, well, what do we, what do we do during the day? I mean, you can still go outside. It's not pouring rain. It's a little bit, you know, sprinkling. It's, it's kind of nice actually. I like it. It's one of those where I actually, it was a beautiful day yesterday, mm-hmm. but it was, due yeah. to, but, um, but due to, I, I was, there was some contract work going on in, in the house. I was, uh, uh, I had to be pinned at home um, volunteered as you know that work was going on and uh, the family went out to I think there was the Valerie uh, Valerie fund 5k run. okay so son the family they all got to go out and I was just sitting and and I actually started getting like like annoyed and getting the jitters and everything by the time that they came back everyone's like all charged like ah, yeah, oh, oh. I'm like been here you, you, you said you said pinned, fever. so yeah, I, I immediately went to uh, MMA because yeah. <laughs> I just whenever I think of pinned, I think of that with you. There's not a, that much pain. <laughs> There's the pinning like in WWF, right? Like, right, one, right. two, and they kick out. Yep. That too. There's 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 definitely control. It's very tough to keep people controlled in 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 when you, when it comes to mixed martial arts. Yeah. Because because. I think they account for that. They account for real... Because if that was a way to win, it would be like even extremely boring. Just stand on their neck for, yeah. you know, three you, and, seconds. And you, just, and you just hold them. And that's why they have stalling rules. Yeah. Like, or that you hear the ref go, come on, guys, got to move, got to work, got to... And so they, they do something where if you do pin someone, you, they, you have to improve your position to, you know... And the, the interesting part is that you improve your position from like side control to full mount. You actually you gain more offensive ability. You mm-hmm. can start throwing more strikes, but also at the same time, every single time you attempt to throw a strike, you you give the opponent an opportunity to escape. It's yeah. weird. It, it it balances out that way. It's like... It's just more, like life, man. Yeah. <laughs> more offense, less control. Yeah. More, if you try to play it safe, you don't get any any, any offense. It's, it's the, yeah, it's exactly as you said. 
Um, um, if you if you want to keep pushing the envelope, you're gonna screw up along the way, and also you keep yourself wide open. Yeah. How about you, John? How do you play your life these days? Oh man, I'm, I'm <laughs> just trying to make it day by day lately. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I have the uh, you know you and I have talked a little bit about my goals, larger goals in terms of like what the next five mm-hmm. years of my life look like, and kind of making that happen has been you're a, my you're singular a, you're focus. Very, you're very focused when it when it, especially when it comes to uh, John, John and I work in uh, software in technology together, and we we've had conversations about uh, even dur- even during weekends, even during our off time. And this is, I, I think this is interesting for a, a lot of people who are either in software right now or are looking to get into uh, software or anything uh, computer-based of uh, actual time. Don't have a choice to, in today's society, <laughs> I feel like. You know. uh, of, of time time chosen uh, where it's, even though it's free time, it, even if you're not on the clock, to actually still invest in yourself or to invest in your skills, either for, some people do it for fun, other people do a balance between fun and learning, and others are purely for learning's sake. Yeah. So where are you at right now with that? I mean, I, I think, I, well, basically, I came into the whole web development slash software field um, just by necessity, almost, because mm. I, so a little bit of background, I, I have a degree in art, right, which is not what you'd expect to hear I think all the time with somebody who is working in like engineering, um, it's more common than you'd expect, but you wouldn't expect to hear Uh it if you just thought engineering. Um, and my degree in arts, um, you know, it was like, you know, 10 years ago or whatever and worked as a designer for a while. Um, and then got into software gradually just because of web design in general, how that correlates to working in the web, obviously. And then the web is, you know, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and then JavaScript is like a gateway drug to <laughs> everything else when it comes to engineering. Um, so I would say um, I've been on that path of, of hardcore learning for the past like six, seven years uh-huh. of just feeling like I'm not up to where I should be based on the path that I chose. Um, I made an active choice, like an active decision to go into web development because I knew that that was a secure place to be for my my work. I knew that it paid well. Those are the reasons. And uh-huh. I also enjoy the challenge. Uh-huh. But um, looking back, I feel like I don't enjoy it as much as I used to enjoy art. Um, it's a different part of my brain it activates, which is fine. But uh, I don't want to swing too far in that direction and then lose my kind of ability to work that, I think it's right brain or whatever for the artistic portion of it. I thought it was left brain. It might be left brain. Wait a minute. 50 uh, 50 shots. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's one of those sides. There's definitely one side where it's it's um, you know mathematics oriented, mm-hmm. all logic, mm-hmm. and then the other one is more expressive and quote, quote creative. You know, I, th- I think it is left side actually because I used mm-hmm. to own a book called uh, Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain. I had that book too. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah so that that's I think uh, an interesting corollary. Corollary. Did you get to, through the whole thing? Yeah, I I got through up until the point where you create that little thing with the mirror or window mm-hmm. or something, and and then trying to do drawings uh, uh, without it. And then that started getting, um, at that point too, uh, we, we were done with vacation. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I've always <laughs> been really good at, at art um, mm-hmm. ever since I was a little kid. I've uh, been able to kind of replicate things I'm looking at without really much deviation from what it actually looks like. Um, I, that, that part of my brain just works that way, so it, it's good for me. Um, I'm That's always, something do you think can be developed? Or you, uh, Oh, no, it absolutely can be yeah. developed. Um, but it requires a level of effort, I believe, like anything else in life. If you want to mm. actually do it 
um, and not have if you don't or if you're not born with the skills to actually do it, I think you have to really evaluate like how your hand-eye coordination works and like what's actually happening on the page when you're drawing things. Mm. Because one thing, you, and this is, I, I like evaluating things as they're happening is something that I I feel like is a good ha- thing that happens in software as well as you know art and everything else. Yeah, you know you're looking at. A, three-dimensional thing in front of you and transferring that to two dimensions you have to constantly be evaluating like what's the difference between these two elements that i'm looking at compared to the page is this like the same is this like twice like the the difference between your tip your nose and the top of your head is is Mm. like you know twice as big as the side between the side of your nose and the side of your head does that look the same as it does in the piece of paper and you're constantly doing those sort of evaluations with uh withdrawing that's why you always see people holding up their uh their pencil with their thumb at their is that what line. they're doing yeah they're measuring yeah. yeah and they're getting all the ratios yep. proper exactly and, and some people can do that without even even look sometimes I, I, depending on to a certain degree that, to a certain degree I, I think when you get to a certain point in art you you're just checking that your estimations mm-hmm. are accurate rather rather than measuring you know, you're not measuring first and then drawing. You're drawing first and then seeing, looking at the page and going, "That's not right. I, what's wrong with this?" And then you take a look by measuring and then you make adjustments. So, I heard this quote in art, and you've probably heard me uh, say this a, a couple of times. But uh, draw a perfect circle, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whatever imperfections that are in that circle is the artist. Yeah, that that's that's them. And uh, this was from secondhand of secondhand it was a uh, my, my uh, one of my favorite influences in guitar kurt rosenwinkel and he said oh i heard a uh, art teacher tell me that and so and that man what, that, yeah my, michael scott really no <laughs> <laughs> oh man imagine if it was i know oh geez the the originator of of of, of such quotes he, he is truly the fountainhead that all quotes come from mm-hmm. and then also uh um you can never believe uh, the quotes that are on the internet, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, th- I think, um, basically kind of getting back to your point of what, I've, what I've been up to is, uh, I'm slowing down a little bit when it comes to the constant studying. I mean, back when I was living in Buffalo, I would work, you know, nine to five or whatever, come home and then just study basically JavaScript code until, you know, 11 o'clock at night. And mm-hmm. then, work and work and work and, you know, try different projects and had a lot of freelance clients. And I got to the point where I was pretty comfortable. Um, and then basically, uh, the reason I'm living in New Jersey is because I, the job I was working at, they came in one day, we came in one day and they were like, okay, we're, we're bankrupt guys. So, you wow. know, SOL, sorry. Well, there you go. Yeah. And, um, that's a quick way to yeah, pack up and get out of there. My wife and I had already planned on our wedding in Vegas. Oh no. So this was approximately like six months before our wedding was already like bought and paid for mm-hmm. and not having a job obviously put a bit of a stress on that. So, uh, yeah, my full-time job at that point was just get, finding something somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of put my tendrils out for everything from design to engineering. And, uh, I got a headhunter from Verizon that called me and, uh, yeah, I got the job sight unseen and then they're like, okay, well, we'll see you here in two weeks. And, uh, basically packed up my whole life in Buffalo and then moved down here. Mm-hmm. Um, I was living here by myself for about four months while I was working and my wife was living in, uh, you know, Buffalo finishing up her job and moved, went to Vegas, got married and then she came back here and just been, you know, trying to get to the point where I'm comfortable taking a break since then. How was that wedding? 
It was awesome. A wedding in Vegas. Awesome. Right? Awesome wedding in Vegas. It's not the typical one you'd expect with, you know, like Elvis. Elvis and all the other stuff. We actually got married <laughs> at the uh, in front of the fountains at Caesar's Palace. Oh. So it was a really gorgeous wedding. We mm-hmm. had a great time. People still talk about the wedding and how fun it was. So. Oh, that's how you know you've, you've kind of exactly. hit it out of the park. Exactly. People talk about it. Mm-hmm. If you had a wedding and people are still talking about it after the wedding, mm-hmm. you know, it was either really good or really bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was memorable in one way. Exactly. It was either uh, uh, amazing or what? What's the other word for it? I mean, notorious. Notorious. Yeah. Notorious. Like, oh Jesus. <laughs> so this balance that you've uh, attempt to find between learning and I'm assuming enjoyment. What's a, if it is a balance? What are you trying to find between like hardcore trying to? Uh, yeah, I don't think there is a balance, to be totally honest, with, with things. If, if you're going to really try to do something right and excel at it, I don't think you can really find a balance between doing that thing and not doing that thing. Mm. It's like, can you be half wet? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you, you're either in it or you're not. And I, I think to a certain point, you have to you have to find some balance yes. in life. Otherwise, you're going to burn out. But I, I think if you're trying to achieve a goal, yeah. that has to be your, your singular kind of focus when you're working on it otherwise if you're just half doing it you're never going to actually get there right i mean if, if you're if you go halfway to something all the time every every time going halfway you're never going to actually reach your goal you get close but you're never going to reach your goal but what about just for the sake of it we're saying like 50 50 let's just say uh, the balance is between resting and uh doing something or you know actively attempting to learn your your new skill and this is obviously just for the sake of you know discussion here mm-hmm. um uh you learning javascript at night if you put 100 percent into just resting and not even doing any javascript that night you are either in the same place or you're you depending on time past that skill would deteriorate yeah versus at least some maybe there's some that will if you do 20 80 you know Obviously, maybe if you say balance, maybe we're both misinterpret uh, our own interpretation of like fifty-fifty. Right, right, I, and I, I think I think what you're saying is yes, correct. If that's something you have a background in, but when you're trying to do a brand new skill, I think you have to really go mm. all in. And and for me, it was it was yes, difficult yes. because mm-hmm. I coming from an art background had zero experience have, with mm-hmm. with any kind of engineering or development. So I was trying to catch up, basically, like mm. teach myself computer science. On my own, so it was in my the, free time. Yeah, it was the context of it too, because you really needed to get this under your belt because there was a, a lot of necessity behind it, and maybe well, it, maybe it, time it, wasn't a, on your side. Well, yeah, time wasn't on my side, there and also, and also, yeah. besides oh. from that, it's also, you know, a lot of people who go into this career um, have that kind of background that you don't have, and they spend, you know, they spend four years or whatever learning the kind of the foundations of it, or at least yes. they've been interested in it, and it has been something on their, on their mind mm-hmm. for the past, you know, whatever years for me, it wasn't like that. So I got, um, trying to, I mean, I, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I wouldn't say like to the point where it makes me obsessive, but mm-hmm. I, I don't like not knowing things and especially things I, I know that I don't know. Mm-hmm. I try to make sure that that gap is small as possible. Um, so when I was teaching myself, you know, development, basically it was, I know there's a lot of stuff that I don't know. And yep. I know that I need to know these things if I want to actually be successful in this. So there was a I, there was a very large gap, and I kind of measured out the time of like, like this is basically I'm like five years behind where mm. I should be. So how am I going to make that time up while still you know working a full time job and everything else? And the answer is just okay. I need to be really all in with this and, and mm-hmm. really get it 
under my belt before I can move on and feel comfortable that I've reached the semblance of a goal. It was something that my wife always tells me as well, too, that I, for me, it's, for uh, me? yeah, it's, uh, all or nothing. Yeah. That it's, it's more of a, like a general description. It's obvious that like, uh, let's just say jujitsu. I don't like right now here I'm home, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm not, uh, I, I don't sleep 24 seven, uh, at, at the gym mm. or with, which is, you know, but I think it's more so cyclical of just depending on all the interests that I may personally have in, in my life, whether it be here, martial arts, here it is with uh, technology, here it is with video games, here it is with uh, music, you know, there was, there, there would always be like one of them is it seemingly takes a, up a lot more time than, than all the other ones, you know, it's tough having in having hobbies, huh? It's tough having hobbies, right? I don't know. Mm. Define hobby. Define hobby. Uh, something you do that you don't get paid for. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. It. I would describe it also. Uh, you know, if 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 you put it that way, there's yes, you don't get paid for it, but at the same time, when you do your job, it is so you can have more time for eyes or live to work, live not to work to work live, to live, live yeah. uh, eat to live, mm-hmm. not live to live to eat. I, I understand that. And I totally uh, get where you're coming from of, of that particular uh, place where you came from an art background and you needed to, to catch up. I, I did like a, uh, uh, a flip, 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 I say it three times where uh, I got my degree in computer science, but I wanted to be a rock star. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I, failed spectacularly at that and then i went into you know all right retail yep. first and then i was deep into in the trenches of retail and then i slowly had to uh apply what i learned back in college and get get that up to snuff and then that was all for all for nothing the biggest all for nothing i did there was was like all right i really really have to learn linux so mm. i keep falling back onto windows so i took my laptop and i just wiped it Nice. And I just put a Linux. Di- I didn't know which Linux distribution it was. That's the best way. I to learn just things. did that, and I was like, I basically handcuffed myself, put myself in a straitjacket, and then just just jumped in the water. That's how I learned and, Git. Yeah. Well, my first job, I was a designer, and they uh-huh. were like, "We use Git for everything." And so I was doing a little bit of HTML and CSS there, and they're like, "We use Git." So I, I mean, just like do it, just do Git. And I was uh-huh. like, I don't know what this is. So, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Definitely uh, jumping in the deep end. I feel like jumping in the deep end is a good way to learn. I think almost anything, but maybe you and I are similar in our personalities for that aspect. Some people might get more overwhelmed when they come into uh, jumping into the deep end, so to speak, of, of a new thing to, to to learn. I think when it comes to learning, there's there's the different aspects of it. There's like motivation behind it. There's the discipline behind it. And I think um, um, as people spend more time in, in certain fields and they master certain fields, if they are aware enough and they take uh, do a little introspection and they realize okay over these you know 10 years that I was a tattoo artist or 10 years right. I was um uh an engineer how did I how did I learn this what was what what did I do did I have help along the way did I have teachers did I take breaks did I have uh uh periods where it was just like a lull and I didn't learn anything or wow I really had a, a growth spurt there and then you you get like an abstract pattern of how you did it there and you can actually start applying that to basically any, any anything else yeah. you quote want to learn. That's a really good way so, to look at it, actually. I mean, I that's think, what I do all the yeah, time, I, man. I, I, I hear a lot of people talk about, you know, 
Sure, I know what to learn, but how do I go about learning it? And mm-hmm. There's different aspects to that, whether it's videos or reading books or and just you re- doing. And you realize what type of person right. you are too, exactly. because one like uh, I remember one uh, pers- person telling me like, "Oh, come on, you just you just you just do this, you just do it, you just do it." Like, like he yeah. he kept saying that to me. I'm like, dude, that doesn't fucking help. Yeah. <laughs> And well, I it's it. like when people use the term, if there's like a new framework or something software mm-hmm. related, like mm-hmm. it's, it's so easy to set oh, up. Just, yeah. It's so easy. It's like, you don't know yeah. what easy is. Like uh-huh. you're, you're immersed in this technology. What's easy to you may be, mm-hmm. you know, impenetrable to somebody else. So exactly. you need to really think about, well, it's interesting. I actually watched a video last weekend. It was, um, the difference there making simple easy i think is the title of the of the of the talk interesting Go it's by the guy who wrote um my mind's gonna fail me now and i know i'm not allowed to look at duck duck go here so um <laughs> what is it uh <laughs> he wrote he created clo- right. he, he created closure the program oh, name was okay. and um he basically goes into closure t- was the the blend between uh lisp and java i think right um yeah, maybe. I mean, it's more C-L-O-J-U-R-E, of a... C-L-O-J-U-R-E, Yeah, right? it's a functional language. It's a functional language. Right. I, I, so I, specific- I, I wouldn't really put Java in with that, because Java is definitely not a functional language. Um, it, you can, you can write Java functionally, but okay. it's generally a class-based okay. uh, language. Cool. And Go for it. I, I would say Lisp is closer to that, mm-hmm. but I think he took some of the learnings from um, a lot of different languages and then you know made up his own. But either way, so the guy is smart, obviously. If you create your own pro- programming language, I think there it you gives go. you serious mm-hmm. cred. Uh, in the world of, of software. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he talks about making making simple easy and what the difference be- between simple and easy is. You know, like easy is a relative term for something that, something can be complex, but also easy. As simple as means it's a single thing, right? It's, you can look at the entire thing at a glance and have a good understanding of it. Whereas mm-hmm. The core, like people, you interchange the terms easy and simple a lot when they're totally different aspects. That's kind of what he get, what he gets into is mm. if, if you make your, if you make your, well, to kind of expand it into I think the larger t- topic of this podcast, if sure. you make your life uh, parts of it simple, then mm-hmm. you can really separate out concerns very, more easily. Then it's, <laughs> if, I mean, something can be really complex in your life, but easy, you know. Did you give like an uh, uh, an example? to uh, yeah. easy versus simple um he he more from like a very high level so sure. there weren't any go for it um trying to think of it now no one dead air but uh nah, it's all right <laughs> yeah it, it's one of those things where he just get into you know you write a program it does a whole bunch of different things mm-hmm. it's very easy yes because it's not using a lot of like really abstract concepts cool. but because it yeah. does a lot, of, a lot of different things it's it's a complex mm. application so maybe maybe to, maybe a like 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 a like a children's puzzle or something mm, yeah. yeah where it all it, it's it's easy in maybe the the concept of it like here just put all the pieces together mm-hmm. um and but it's still complex because yeah. you still have to Put them all together. Eh, I don't know. I'd have well, to. I'd have I, to read it, this. Yeah, it, I'd have to hear this. I, I would this definitely talk. recommend yeah. watching that talk. I'll send you a link after sure. the, after we're done here because it it was very good. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. too, not too long. It's like forty minutes, you know, and you can definitely listen to it on the, in the background. But it's. I uh, think I think it's good though that you brought that up because you have to be very careful, and this is for anyone teaching, including myself, 
um, that when you attempt to relay information to anyone, whether it be you are teaching them or you're just attempting to help them, that um, those terms easy and simple and uh, basic mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. you know, fundamental or, or something, they always have this begin of, a bit of connotation of beginner level, right. almost like pre-K, kindergarten, a kid can do it, et cetera, et cetera. And it's Explain very, like I'm five. Yeah. You have to be very, very careful with that because it 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 draws the connotation exactly like like you're, you're stupid if you don't understand how and to do a this. kid can can do this versus i've always mentioned this uh in in jujitsu that uh there are core principles to it and uh, and i think that's i think that's a better way to put it in other words it's these are the building blocks these are this is the foundation this is where it starts and this is very important so it may flip their the way they're thinking about this, uh, you know, abstract notion instead of like that it's something that uh, a kindergartner can do. Right. It's something that everyone should do, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. So I, it's w w like you and I both have children, obviously. It's mm. kind of why we're here. And I mean, explaining concepts to my son, who's three. Mm. Yeah. I tend to be you focus on one thing at a time. Right. When you're giving directions for something, it's never go clean up your room. It's always take your trucks uh -huh. and put them in your yellow dump truck. You know? <laughs> so he goes and, goes and does that. And then, okay, on to the next step. Mm. Take your trains and put them away in your train table. And so, and so the end goal is easy, right? You cleaned your room. Yep. But the tasks are complex. Mm. So breaking them into simple ah. is something that I feel like helps here's people a, learn. Here, here's something then break this down using your your uh, the the easy simple mm -hmm. uh, uh, semantics um uh, preparing yourself a bowl of cereal go well it's funny you mentioned that because that's one thing where it, there's a few videos on youtube of a guy and a few people i think do this where they tell their kids like you know tell me how to make cookies mm -hmm. right or something along those lines yes. and i think cereal is a similar thing where it's like okay first you know, this is this is also this is also a very very good table. this is also a very very good parallel into when people who have no idea what programming yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. why don't you why don't you go down this and then yeah I mean, go ahead. you and I could both not turn it. out of the park right so you, you start yeah so, so <laughs> to, getting a, making a bowl of cereal yeah so to create a bowl of cereal I think you first have to uh, create the universe right <laughs> go on no, <laughs> no but it, it's uh, <laughs> Yeah, so first, uh, you know, you have to define what a bowl is, right? Mm -hmm. So you define a bowl. I'll leave it up to the imaginations of the, of the listeners here. So mm -hmm. what, is it, what is a bowl? Okay, got a bowl. Go get a bowl out of the cabinet. Or wherever you store. Yeah, well, I, actually, first you have to open the cabinet. Yes. Then you have to take your hands and take one bowl out of the stack of bowls. Mm -hmm. Preferably from the top, right. not preferably, from the middle, yeah, not from the bottom. From the top, yeah. yep. um, then take that bowl... You're holding your hand still, walk over to the table, place the bowl down on the table, let go of the bowl. Mm -hmm. Then you Imp have to, It's important to let, to go, let go of that of the bowl. bowl. Yeah. Yep. Then go open Oh, it's, a, it's also very important that when you put the bowl down, that there's a certain amount of force you should exert on that bowl, <laughs> depending on its material of it. Hence, don't put it down yeah. too hard, but yeah. don't put it down too light because mm -hmm. you want to get the bowl down onto yeah. the table eventually. Defi define your bounds of uh, Go physics. <laughs> yeah, and then we uh, have to open the refrigerator and take your hands and grab the handle of the milk carton mm. while holding the milk carton, take it out of the refrigerator 
and place it gently onto the table. Mm-hmm. Let go, uh, let go of the milk carton. Mm-hmm. Turn around and close the door to oh, the refrigerator. Good. You remembered. Good. You got to close the refrigerator door. Yeah, we don't want to. We, we don't want uh, extra energy. What, being, what, what do we? Uh, you know? What do we pull the neighborhood away? Huh? <laughs> um, My dad would say, "Well, yeah. uh, what? You own PSG? Huh? Yeah. What do you? <laughs> you got a job yet? What is this?" Um, then you have to go into the other cabinet, open the cabinet door, grab out a box of cereal, take the box of cereal. In your I, hands. I think I think we can call yeah, it there. Yeah. We, we can we can pretty much call it there. <laughs> but yeah, that's the kind of the concept of breaking mm-hmm. things down into simple or into yeah simple telling tasks. telling a computer yeah. what to do and how to or, or 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 and not only that, what we just used was just plain English. Yeah, computers don't talk in that no. plain English. Well, like kind of going back to what I'm saying with like raising kids. I mean, you don't want to be a computer when you're talking to them, uh-huh. but you want them to understand like an easy task is made up of several simple steps yep. that you have to have them define first. I mean, we, I think we mm-hmm. take for granted a lot of the things that we understand as being easy things we do on a day-to-day basis. I mean, you know, so, cause we do them every day, so we don't really think about it. But yep. when you have a, when you have a child, you have to really focus on like f- thinking about what entails a task, breaking mm-hmm. it down for them to understand so that they can feel empowered and, kind of figuring out what it is that they're doing, you know, and helping you. Cause I, I think as far as I can tell, you know, kids love to love to learn new things, like to feel oh, like they're absolutely. useful, you know, like to feel like they're helping you and they're doing the right thing for the most part, you know, mm-hmm. depending on the, how much sleep they get. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting coming from that background. I, I've definitely, I would say going back to what we're talking about with um, getting into engineering from a background of very, wishy-washy art stuff. I mean, I, I've absolutely, my way of thinking about things has changed. Um, I'm much more analytical than mm-hmm. I was, you know, 10 years ago. I'm actually able to take it uh, and flip it the other way around from going from the very uh, analytical mind mm-hmm. and then going a little bit more abstract. And I would say that was when I was, after I uh, got my feet wet with the initial software development job, actually it was system administration. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But, all right, finances are, are starting to come in. Now I have time. Now let's start enjoying some hobbies. And, and like I said, I, I got into martial arts really late. I got into it after college because my dad said, uh, you know, growing up, your job is to learn, not to fight. And yeah. so after I graduated and then after I got some uh, um, some money on me, he goes, oh, what do you want to do now? And then I said, oh, I want to learn how to fight. And he goes, all right, well. So you're <laughs> you saying know. I'm definitely too old. Huh? So you're saying I'm absolutely too old to what learn how to do martial arts? No, absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. We've uh, just to you know. Obviously, I get your joke, but uh, to be to be a stickler for semantics. Well, you're like to, to I, I got into it so late in life after college. It's like Jesus, man. I remember after college, what yeah. kind of shape I was in. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. We've we've had uh, remember uh, Ed O'Neill. Yeah, uh, married with children. He got he got into uh, jujitsu late. In his fifties, and he wow. became a black belt twenty years later. Get out of here! Yeah, he's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I didn't know that. Yep, he's a big stickler for it. He like wrote every once in a while a post about how amazing the sport is. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, and when I first started learning uh, uh, martial arts, it was a lot of fun for me in the sense of I since I played so many like video games like Mortal Kombat, yeah. and Street Fighter, Pretty I sure. could start think I would start thinking that way. Of like, oh, you can use a combo here. And not only that, but this person, if you do this, uh, they'll leave their guard down and there's the weak spot here. 
Have you learned how to shoot a fireball yet? That's the important question. That, I I make the joke that as soon as we learn how to throw fireballs or levitate Mm -hmm. or do instant transport or fly, all all this mixed martial arts, like, arm bar, pull guard shit goes all right, right, goes out, the right out the window, yeah. right out the window. Cause as soon as you're able to start throwing projectiles, especially something like a fireball, mm-hmm. all it'll, it'll revolutionize everything. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be great. That's going to be living our best lives at that point. Um, uh, what, what was I just saying? Oh, uh, oh yeah. Video applying video games to actually like, you know, the, the line of thinking with martial arts, the thing that I that I learned through it was, was that there is such thing as percentages that, okay, I've, I hit this guy with this move. I, I, I nailed him again with this move. Eventually that opponent learns yeah, and then they adjust to it. And now you can't do the exact move to them. You have to adjust it again. And even if you do, since they know it's coming now, it starts, it's, it's, it's like in baseball. Now yeah. it's, it's batting averages. It's, it's not like this person's up there definitely gonna get you know hit a home run on the second pitch no it's like mm, uh, uh, oh now they're due they're pretty much due unless they're in a slump yeah, so. the concept of due and slump yeah. is so funny so i'll just it's so abstract weird concepts right? put on exactly. top of these things that don't actually mean anything but that that little bit of abstract concept it, it's it's kind of like uh especially when applied to martial arts when when you drill something or you're working on a move or you're working on a technique you just try to do it as much as you can to master it so then when you are able to apply it on like another resisting opponent it works it works out the way you want it to work i think we were talking about this before well, yeah, we are the talking podcast. about it because we yeah. said mastery well, what, we, what is it what is mastery but i, th- I think it kind of goes back to the simple and, and complex stuff yeah. right i mean you, you you're talking about fighting somebody which is obviously a very complex oh, series oh. of things that happen on both sides it's always evolving um but the actual act of fighting i mean really all it comes down to is being in shape Right and mm-hmm. knowing the moves, which is yes. quote unquote easy, right? You, you know what? Look some, at this. Look some, at one, this. one person said to me when I was like playing piano. Or, no, no, I'm play, playing piano or even playing guitar. He goes, "Oh yeah, I could do that too." And you, it's just, just, easy. just, just tell me where to put my fingers on the keys mm-hmm. and when to do it. And, and I, I was thinking, that's a good way to break it yeah. down. That's exactly the right way to to, to break it down. Just yeah. press these keys at this time. Don't press it during this time. Yeah, we're all machines. And it's then just simple. and then just uh, repeat the process mm-hmm. over the course of you know six minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, I, I I really do. I mean, obviously, I'm probably the um, let's say I, I'm I'm probably the most uh, let's say I'm the least in shape person yeah, that's been in your podcast. Because I don't have any fighting uh, history, I don't do anything with, with when it comes to uh, working out or going to the gym yet. I, I plan on it, but um, so it's interesting to me to look at those like videos of breakdowns of fights and really like taking the time to appreciate the the moves that went into each individual um, combination to know like if I do this, this will happen. If I do this, this will happen. Because that just, I don't know, scratches some, some very deep itch in my brain of like seeing how, you know, this works and how the person thought it through and kind of the battle between like their mind and how they're thinking about the moves. You know what that, that is, do. man. That's your, that's your fighting spirit in you. Oh, okay. that, that's it calling out to you. Yeah. Everyone's got it. Don't everyone, everyone can deny it as much as much oh, as no, I, want, I, especially I, you. You've got, you've got that spirit inside well, you. I mean, you. That's I, what's tugging at you. It's a... Uh, it's evolutionary. There's mm-hmm. no getting around that. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to have that fight or flight response, and uh, and, and and especially for you know your, your yourself. I, I know we've talked about sports as well as as video games as, as well too. There's just something uh, to competition, and then when you're looking at quote fights, 
yeah. actual, you know, one-on-one competition with the uh, minimal rules, not barbaric, you know, they're not actually, like, no, no, no. You know, but with minimal enough rules and you see them performing at the highest level, come on, that's, that's going to tug at something, especially well, I, if you understand what's going on. I think that's why like getting a little bit off topic, but it's sure. kind of why uh, I think some of the sports anime is so popular. Like, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like some, some of the ones I think like King of Tennis or there's mm-hmm. one that, that I really love watching is Hajime, Hajime no Epo. Okay. Have you watched that one before? No, but I, I, I'm, I'm thinking back to some of these animes where they over-dramatize like, like some of the simplest. Is like, like one whole episode. You okay. Know? Yeah. yeah. Like, like some of the simplest actions. It could even be something like cooking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they, please go on. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, they, they, I think a lot of these, um, I, I don't know what you'd call them, slice of life, I guess, mm-hmm. animes, but they're more like mastery of skills type yes. animes where they, like the one I really love watching is Hajime no Epo, which is oh. like about a boy who basically gets bullied and then he takes a boxing and then uh, he kind of learns boxing. But, you know, looking at how he breaks down each individual step and how he's like looking at his opponent and seeing what they do and analyzing it and then coming with a counter Mm-hmm. And then it, that he comes, the other guy comes up with a counter to the counter, and then yes. he comes up with the counter to the counter to the counter. Oh, you just it's, described it's so, it's all so Marshall. You described so jiu-jitsu right there too. Yeah, it's so good. Yep. I, and uh, just you know, watching that, and also the real life versions of it, um, kind of breakdown videos, is something that is uh, pretty fun. Have you ever thought about since you self-admitted, uh, you know, being the the least in shape in comparison mm-hmm. to some of the other guests? Have you ever thought about taking uh, the the focus and the drive of what you have? when it comes to uh, software development and learning and then applying that to aspects aspects of uh, physical health. Yeah, I, I have. Um, <coughs> so kind of getting back to what I was saying and what you originally asked me, which is, you know, how's my plan working out for me? And mm. um, it, it's working out pretty well, actually. Mm-hmm. As you know, I recently switched jobs because mm. it's part of the plan. Um, yep. I'm trying to find... I'm trying to get myself into a place where, A, I can get back to Buffalo, which, mm-hmm. you know, is my hometown. I love it. My wife loves it infinitely mm-hmm. more than I do, even. It <laughs> um, has been the major impetus toward me kind of going to this direction. But um, more than that, I would say um, finding a place like I did now that's going to enable me to work remotely because um, I've always been a little bit of like a time hacker when it comes to my life, and mm-hmm. I sleep very little. And uh, I try to oh. I try to basically optimize my time not to the point where it's obsessive where I'm not doing anything and I'm tracking like individual moments of my life. But okay. you know, I try to always have slices of my time dedicated towards certain activities. And right now still, so, you know, my job and getting better at that has been like the number one slice that I have to really worry about because I, none of the other things really make sense if I don't do good at my job. True. Um, and yeah, I mean, right now I have about an hour of free time. Per day, mm. that's that's the, my limit because I spend three hours a day commuting, um, and that's going to be over coming the new year because that's when I'm going to start the remote, remote aspect of my job. So I'll have three hours of my life back immediately, um, but I can still get the same amount of sleep, wake up at the same time, and I'll have basically three extra slices of time to focus on other tasks, which mm-hmm. means I can work out, I can continue my art, you can go back into drawing and painting. Um, you know, there's a lot of activities that I, I've always wanted to do that I've never really felt like I, I, I would always feel guilty taking the time out to do them because I'm like, well, I really should be learning something like I should be, mm. should be doing something for my job and mm-hmm. I should be getting to the point where I, um, I don't feel guilty about taking that time off. <coughs> Excuse me. 
you mentioned minimal sleep. Define minimal sleep. Well, so in college, I experimented with the, um, I forget the name of it, but it's like binaural sleep thing where you kind of uh, get yourself into this cadence where you sleep 20 minutes at a time mm-hmm. and you go almost immediately into REM. Mm-hmm. And I did that because I was taking 24 credit hours per semester. Nice. Um, so I really didn't have time to sleep. So mm-hmm. I would take these 20 minute power naps every like three hours. Yes. And that was my, the limit of my sleep mm-hmm. uh, for a good year or whatever, year or two years. Um, I don't do that anymore. Yep. But what I do is I, I go to bed around, I get ready for bed around mi- midnight. Um, I'm probably asleep by like quarter to one and I wake up at six. Okay. So it's so like maybe five about hours. Five. Yeah. Okay. Which a lot of people think is a lot, very less sleep. Like mm-hmm. you should be sleeping more than that. But mm-hmm. I always catch up on the weekends. Like today, for mm-hmm. example, I got about eight hours sleep and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good now. So yeah, I've always gotten about five hours sleep. And as far as your sleeping habits go, I'm only qu- uh, asking because, uh, I, I, of course, I'd, I'd listen to a podcast or, right. or uh, uh, and from that start researching a, a little bit more about uh, sleep. And sleep's up there, man. When when oh, when, yeah, when, it, when it comes to like necessities, mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. like just as equal to like your nutrition and what you eat. Absolutely, as as, as opposed to everything mm-hmm. else. So. I'm just looking out for you, man, because obviously you're attempting to, you're you're attempting to fine tune and 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 and, and time hack and try to get a maximum maximum amount of performance uh, during your wake during your wake hours, and it's kind of like there is some investment that if you if you're not properly investing into the sleeping hours, mm-hmm. you're you're perf- you will be. Uh, oh, you, wait, 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 you've played uh, what is it? Not Harvest Moon. What's the big one? Right. Oh, uh, Stardew Valley. Yeah, there, yeah. There's if, like there's if, like a certain thing. What you explain? What's the what's oh, the, no, what's so the mechanic? If if you don't go to bed by by two, basically you you pass out and then you wake up with like no stamina and yeah. the next day is basically a wash. Yeah. Um, so, but <laughs> as you know me, when, I, when we first started playing this game, yeah. you and I both, I was like, well, actually, if you do this, you can enable yourself to uh, to sleep <laughs> a little bit less and yep. get more done during the day. And I was like explaining to you and a few other people from work of like mm-hmm. what the most optimum way of like watering your plants is and how yes. to like optimize your energy intake and everything else. And, yes. you know, drinking coffee so you can move faster. And, you know, I'm not one of those people who goes to the extreme of that where you're going to see me on YouTube, but yeah. I definitely do do a lot of that mm-hmm. min maxing, so yep. to speak. I was going to say though, that, uh, that type of min maxing you, you can do once there's a certain level of mastery or a certain amount of mm-hmm. uh, time you've invested into your learning. So it's kind of like, do you, do you think you've found that yet with your, uh, learning patterns? I think I'm close. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to I start obviously tweaking the dials back and right. Right. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I got a job right now as senior, for an engineer at, sure. a, at a small company, but mm-hmm. I mean, I'm definitely like, I don't feel like I'm in over my head. Good. Right. And that's one of the things where uh, I definitely felt like I was in over my head at the last, uh, well, the first job Verizon, like I came in and I was like leading the redesign of their whole front end. Mm-hmm. And like that was fully immersed, you know, jump right in. Holy crap. This is scary stuff. And mm-hmm. trying to feel like you're always doing the right thing and not being an imposter. The whole mm-hmm. imposter syndrome, I think is, you know, a lot of it. Um, you, go, you, go into you, that. You've you heard of that term, right? I've heard of it, but please. Okay, so yeah. So imposter syndrome is something I think is relatively unique to software development, although it may be in other aspects of people's lives, where you, even though you're doing the job on a day-to-day basis, um, you feel like you're not qualified to do the work you're doing. And uh, it is traditionally something that happens with people who, are, who shouldn't worry about it, because the people who are 
who feel confident generally don't have the skills to back that up. And, and there was actually a study, a psychological study that showed that um, people who uh, feel confident in their abilities tend to have less mastery of those abilities than other people. Um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they, they must, they uh, must not have the, the right definition of confidence. It's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. Okay. I think you've heard of that before, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of goes along with what I'm saying with imposter syndrome. And like, I know that I don't like in the past, I know that I didn't know these things. So I was very like, do I really belong here? Is this the right career for me? Um, but you know what I was saying, how I'm constantly working and getting better at it. Now I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, this is, I know what I have to do. I know I can do all these things. Occasionally there is something that's way out of my realm of influence. Um, but, or realm of expertise, I should say, but for the most part, it's like, yeah, I'm at a point now where I'm pretty comfortable where I, I feel like I'm up to date and I can mm-hmm. continue learning a little bit at a time, not mm-hmm. so much like catching up. <clears throat> that feeling that you have, not you have, but that they've mm-hmm. described of just not feeling adequate, I guess, in mm-hmm. a sense. And, and it doesn't even have to be in your job. No. I'm, I'm assuming this can be in a bunch of other things. I think I've noticed this, especially when... Um, um, I competed a lot um, initially when I when I started ramping up into jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. dive head first, might as well. I'm going to do everything. I'm going to right, do every right, competition right. that I can, et cetera, et cetera. And then I, I remember um, a- afterwards um, um, like other people attempting to get into it, and th- they would say to themselves, oh, oh no, I'm, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. Oh, I don't think I'm good enough yet. And and some of them are higher belts too. Yeah, you know, oh, I, I I just don't think I'm ready yet. I I just don't. And then and then you just like never actually end up pulling the trigger. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that applies to, yeah, everything. Not 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 just like your job. Not I'm sure a lot of people feel that way too, oh, especially yeah, when no. applying I, to you, a new job. You see right? It, you see it all over the place, and I, well, especially with applying. I mean, you'll yeah. know that like yeah. like men in general will apply to jobs even if it's like well one of the 10 things I can do. So I'll apply to it. And like that, that's totally, totally a true thing. I mean, I, I found myself doing the same thing when I was looking for a job. I mean, I found things that were like, Oh, I found myself holding back. It was oh, like, oh, really? oh, you need, you need to be an expert in this an expert in this and an expert in this. I'm like, all right, well, I'm, I know I'm an expert in that. Um, I, I'm close to an expert in that. I'm an expert in that. Uh, and since I was close to an expert, I only have two out of three. So, yeah. oops, you know, and then, but I needed someone to like slap me in the back. Head. What? Hell just, you do. Just, do just, apply, just do it. Just Yeah, I mean, you know? the worst that could happen, right? They yeah. don't call you they, back. Like, exactly. Okay. They don't take you. Yeah. So. I mean, it, I, I found pretty good success with that. I mean, uh, when I was looking for remote work, I obviously applied to some of the more um, famous remote companies, right? I mean, like Automatic, who makes WordPress. They're traditional, or the they've been a remote first company since the founding. And um, can you explain really quick remote jobs? Sure. Versus sure. Whatever? Yeah. Let, let me get into that a little bit because I think a lot of people yeah. are. This is a relatively. I would say new development in the world. And I think, uh, it's worth explaining. So Mm -hmm. remote is basically a way of, well, it's been enabled by computers essentially. Um, and how we have different communication methods now with computers. And most of the time, if you worked in a desk job, you'll find yourself communicating with people that are in the same room as you via the computer. So a lot and of also companies, a lot of other jobs. It has to, it can be outside. It's, like, it's everywhere. Outside. You're, yeah, you're, it's, you're in person, customer facing. Yeah, exactly. Um, unless you're really having to interact with real live people on day to day basis, mm-hmm. um, in a in a setting that is physical, uh, remote is basically saying you can do your job from the comfort of anywhere, and via you know asynchronous communication methods like things that you can send email or work with some kind of communication channel like Slack along with like video conferencing. Um, 
you can you can build a company and build a product and do work without having to be f- co-located in the same physical space. Um, but that's probably the best definition of remote that I can think of. Cool. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm a big proponent of that because obviously we, I work in web engineering and things like that, and I don't need to be tied to a desk to do that. I just need mm-hmm. a computer. That's all I need, and I need to have you know open and clear communication channels with the people I work with. That's a that's a the majority of it. But um, yeah, it's it's a cultural thing, a cultural aspect of, of companies. Because there's some companies that do uh, want to push kind of like that face-to-face, like, oh, yeah. meet the person that you're actually... Well, I think uh, a lot of companies just don't trust people, is what it comes down to. Oh, yeah? And if, if you don't trust people to do the work, if they're not present, mm-hmm. then culture the culture is never going to work for you for a mm. um and I, a lot of the old school companies uh wink wink mm-hmm. uh find your, find themselves not really trusting their employees very much mm-hmm. and they they want you to be present in the office because mm-hmm. how are they going to know you're doing any work if you're mm. not if you're not in the office right because i think for a lot of people their their work turns off when they leave the office where at least in in my experience um it's difficult for me to turn turn off when i leave the office as um, you said, you're always like on learning, yeah. doing something, mm-hmm. working on a, a side project or just a project that has something to do with work. Exactly, exactly. So uh, yeah, I mean, remote. Uh, so yeah, getting back to what I was saying, with with I applied to Automatic, and one of the things that they had on there was like PHP and WordPress, and I was like, well, I don't know PHP. I mean, I've worked mm-hmm. in PHP, but I don't know it to the point where I should. I don't mm-hmm. know WordPress at all. Mm-hmm. So I sent an email, and I was like, hey, I'm looking to apply, but I'm going to be totally honest with you. Like, I don't, I don't know WordPress, so. What I did, what I have done is I taught myself Drupal over the span of a year with like zero experience with engineering. And I'm now, you know, six years beyond that point in my skill set. So I'm pretty confident that I could figure something out. Um, turns out I didn't get the job, but mm-hmm. I did get an interview. Mm-hmm. So um, kind of going back to what we're saying with like, you know, you're, you see things that you might not be You get a cycle in. in. You, you, get, you get a rep in. Uh, rep, uh, repetition. Yeah. You get, you, you get uh, to actually at least go beyond... What if you if you hadn't applied? Yeah, I mean, if you just they're, sat they're, at home. They're looking know? to hire people that are. I think most companies that are worth applying to are looking to hire somebody that they know can do the work, even if they don't necessarily know how to do the work yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, knowing how you learn is a big aspect of mm-hmm. of finding the right people to work with. I think that was a big thing where where, like I said, I, I competed a lot in 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 the beginning. And because I say I competed a lot does not equal that I won no, all no. those competitions. Yeah. I would say there was just loss after loss. Like, I lost a lot. Yeah. A lot. Well, you, you learned a lot, too, though, right? Yeah. yeah. And each time, though, each time that, 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 that I lost, uh, after a certain point in time, depending on the training I was able to put into and, and the right type of training, knowing what to train, um, I would lose, but instead of getting tapped out, oh, I lose on points. I'd lose by a bunch of points. All right. Next time I lost, I lost by the margin got smaller and smaller. I won a match. Okay. Get knocked out in the first round next time. Oh, I won a match again. Get knocked out in the first round next time. Now I've won two. You you got to have that that feedback loop. And I I think if you're, if you're bad at kind of self-reflecting, you can kind of get in your own head when it comes to negative thoughts and self, uh, the self-reflection. What's the difference between self-reflection and introspection? Or or did I just, was that redundant right there? I I think they're pretty close to the same thing. Yeah. Go on. Well, what were you about to say about it? No, I'm just saying like, yeah, you're right. I mean, you had that feedback loop of, you know, I'm getting better and I can see the actual results of my training, so to speak. And, um, if, if you're if your goal and the only thing you focus on is winning, 
mm-hmm. then you're going to give up because you're never going to get to the point where like, well, I didn't win even though I got better. Like, cause you're never looking at it. But did you get better? It's like, did I win? No, you didn't win. So, okay. I'm crap. What was the worst job interview you ever had? Oh man. Um, <clears throat> the worst one I ever had, uh, was definitely an in-person one. And it yep. was when I was, uh, in Buffalo still, and there was a small company and they invited me out. Basically, they were already having like a uh, like a company outing. Very small company. It was like the CEO, the CTO, and like the lead sales rep were mm. at this restaurant. And they're like, yeah, come over and meet us at the restaurant. And we'll t- talk about our, like how you can help us. Wow. And it was weird. I'm okay. like, all right, I'll do that. You know, this is design. Mm-hmm. Um, so I show up at the restaurant, give them a call, and they're like out in the balcony. So they're like, hey, come sit down. And... Um, so I, you know, went over there and I shook people's hands and, uh, it, they were sitting around like a fire pit almost. So mm-hmm. I, I walk from the left and I shake the first person's hand who was uh, a woman. She was the lead sales rep. And then the CTO, CEO was sitting down. So he stood up, I shook his hand and then the CTO was sitting down. I, he stood up and I shook his hand. And the first thing the CEO said to me was, you shake her hand, even though I'm the CEO first. <laughs> it's like. Uh, what? <laughs> I didn't know what to say because it's like was well, he busting she, your chops? No, he was dead serious. He was and dead, dead serious. serious. And I was like thinking to myself like, well, she was the first person that was here. Like it would be awkward for me to skip around her and shake her hand first. How would I know you're the CEO? This is ridiculous. Like yeah. I, all these things yeah. go through my head. Like this That's is the most that, absurd thing I've ever in my life. Immediately, the first thing I thought was that that yeah. has to be a uh, chops busting. No, room. no, he was dead serious. Wow. And, and, go uh, on. Yeah. So I, you know, sat down with him. I explained kind of what I did and how I could help them, and um, they. They were. Did that rattle you? It, it did yeah. rattle me a little bit. Yeah. I definitely was. That would have rattled me too, yeah, I was less especially if it was back like then than I am now with yeah. the way that I talk to people as well. So um, it was weird, just really weird interview. They were just talking about like how how I can help them and you know how much money they want to pay for things and like the budget was way off from what I originally expected them to mm-hmm. mention. So um, at the end, it was just like, okay, well, hopefully I'll hear from you and bye. And it's like getting up awkwardly from this table where they're all eating and there's like a waitress coming over and it's just like, okay, bye. And then I left and yeah, never heard from them. Um, but it was just so awkward and, uh, yeah, really strange. That guy definitely put a weird spin on the whole kind of conversation. It would be interesting if you ever look that guy up and and, and see that. Like I forgot his name. I'm sure, I'm sure he's moved on to something else by now. You can kind of tell these people when you first meet them, whether or not they're, you know, the type of person who wants to build out a uh, reputation in the company Jeez. or if they're just looking to make a quick buck. Yeah. Mine had to do a bit again with the, the interview process as we were talking about with, uh, with jobs. I applied to a job and then in HR, they screwed up like what I was applying to. And mm. then they had me interview for the wrong position. The wrong, posi- oh, the wrong position. So I went in there. I wanted to go in for uh, some type of web design. Mm-hmm. And then... I got interviewed for a Java developer, oh, like a, like a, yeah, hardcore like a, like Java, a hardcore yeah. engineer. And, uh, it was with, uh, I, I think they're still around. I'm not sure that Vonage, remember them? Oh v- yeah. VOIP, Vonage, yeah. VOIP mm-hmm, company. Mm-hmm. And I, I went in there and, and I'm talking to the guy and he asked me like something about like classes yeah. and, and, and then like I, go, I took well, some classes in college. I don't know. I, I, I took, I took, you know, I took comp size. So I started like, uh, trying to come up with the, some of the answers. Yeah. It's like, all right, that was, that, you can tell that I was like, all right, that was a ba- yeah. very, very, very basic it's a pretty answer. basic question. You didn't really meet what I expected to have yeah. a Java developer know about. And then, yeah. and then the second question, uh, again, had, was, was obviously getting a little more mm-hmm. deep mm-hmm. into it. And then I, again, answered with a very like kind of basic one. 
And then he 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 he, he then looks at it looks at my resume and he goes he goes this is very front end heavy. I'm like yeah I'm going for a, a web designer and, and he and he just says this this position is a Java developer. Yeah. And then I was a young kid at the time. This is like my this is my first interview like yeah. ever really. And I and I just I I kind of went like silent. You started oh. crying. I just on the phone. Almost. Pretty much. No, this is in person. Yeah. <laughs> it's in person too. Here's the turning point though. This is what really, really, really helped. He took a deep breath and then he goes, tell me what you do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just tell me what, uh, what you That's do. That's really good. And then I, I went into it. I relaxed. I, I went through, oh, you did this? Well, cool. And then how about, about uh, boom, 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 boom. all right, went through it. He, he goes, as, as it, uh, I was I was about to walk out. He, he he goes, listen, you're very very sharp. You keep 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 at this. All right, you're gonna you're gonna do je- you're gonna do just fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And 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 I wish you the best of luck. That stuck with me. That stuck with me of of, of what what. No, no, that that was your worst interview. That was my worst one, dude. Your worst interview is like like high to mid range for me, buddy. You know what I mean, though. That that's. <laughs> Because maybe, every other, maybe I've just interviewed more than you. Nothing <laughs> comes down to every every other interview. No, because like from that, because at, at that point that was like the lowest sinking feeling mm-hmm. I ever had ever when interviewing. You go there and then they give oh. you the wrong interview and you, they're asking you, grilling you all these questions that you you absolutely don't know anything about. No. You know, but I from that I was like I never want that feeling again. Oh yeah, never oh, want yeah. that feeling mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. So it, it was like the first. I, I guess stand-up comedians would say like, "Oh, you bombed on stage," and like, "All right, good. I sucked it for you know an yeah. hour. You know, I really ate it, ate shit for for an hour. I don't want that feeling again. It'll. It's. It's. It's not guaranteed that I'll never have that feeling again. But at least I. I know that deep down feeling, and I can recognize it immediately. And. The, do whatever I have to to kind of mitigate it. Yeah, and I think a lot of it's when knowing. I think when you get more experienced and kind of knowing when to pull the ripcord and hit the hit the eject button, so to speak. Because <laughs> I mean, like if, if you're, I mean, I, I've had interviews before where it's been like, I've told them like straight out in the middle of the interview, like, listen, this isn't really going to work for me. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I totally respect your time, and I don't want to waste any more of it mm. by kind of telling you that I'm interested when. I can tell just by what we're talking about that this really isn't what I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, just cool. politely just say like, thank you for your time and everything else. Cause that people are, people forget that they're interviewing you, but you're also interviewing them yes. when it comes to jobs. Yep. And if it's not a good match, you're not going to be happy. So, uh, a lot of it comes down to knowing what you want. And, um, that only comes with experience. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. there's no mm-hmm. way to know what you want. If, yeah. if you've never more, done anything, you, you just keep going into more mm-hmm. and more interviews and mm-hmm. you kind of like, the same questions start coming up. That's kind of like the same pattern, the same energy kind yeah. of comes up as well too. By, by the time, like, you know, fourth or fifth, fifth at least for me, cause I, I picked up real cause I kept, I, I did back to back to back to back. Yeah. I've done so, like 400 interviews. Nice. Yeah. That, that's about, that's about like 350 more, more than, than, yeah. than, you know, yeah, it's, what, what I've had to it's do. It's been arduous. Yeah. Um, but it's about building, kind of building out the the life you want for you and your family is, is what it comes down to. This Absolutely. is like one small aspect. Well, not really small, but it, it seems small at the time. But, mm-hmm. you know, interviewing is, is kind of the backbone of that whole aspect of your, of your work. Like, what are you going to be doing for the majority of your time? I mean, if you're not, True. if you're not sleeping eight hours a day and you are working eight hours a day, then that is really the majority of your time you're spending. It is. The, your work gets kind of the best hours of your, of your day. And, uh, you know, being happy with that and how that's going to help you and your family and, 
you know, build out your, your life uh, is something you really can't, you can't do enough overthinking mm-hmm. of how that works. At the same time, there's uh, a, a lecturer, uh, this jazz guy that uh, I bring up from time to time. I, th- I believe his name is Kenny Bernard. I still have to, I listen to him once or twice, and then I uh, uh, keep quoting him. And it's such a, a great quote that he has, the, the be kind to yourself, mm-hmm. that I, I, I have to make sure I come back and make sure it's, it's the right guy's name. Well, what does that <laughs> but, even mean, though? Be kind to yourself. <clears throat> well, um, what he did was that uh, this applies to uh, jazz performance. Mm-hmm. And the top like jazz schools, they're like, if you think, you know, just with software, that they're all killers going out and going at it. Uh, and this is something that's one would argue more objective based than, you know, jazz performance because objective based here, here's this, here's this program, solve for this, solve it. Oh yeah. And if you solve it, you can solve it. And there's creative ways you can go about doing it, you know, and then there's, there's some elements of subjectivity. But when it comes to music performance, especially in schools like William Patterson here in Jersey, uh, Berkeley college of music out in uh, uh, Massachusetts, you're, those are the schools where the best musicians in the country all go, go go to learn, and they're all fighting for that gig. That is, you know, what That's is it? What is it? Ba- it's a, gig. a rough life, man. Yeah. What is it based on? It's not based on like what your grades were mm-hmm. or anything. It's like, hey, how do you? Are you? It's a combination of hey, how many heads can you put into here, and how well how well do you sound, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's about networking too. I, I, I've learned that in the last couple of years. Just networking is everything. Absolutely, and help, even more so with, with, with music. But since you, you know how you had uh, what is it, the Dunning Kruger effect, mm-hmm. where you're like you don't feel adequate enough. Yeah. Imagine that in something subjective like jazz performance. Well, I have to. You, I mean, I, I worked in design, exactly. so there you go. I totally understand. There it. you go. Yeah. So, so you have that on you at all times. And you are in a school where they just drill the hell out of you uh, when it comes to hours and hours of practice, hour, all this theory that you have to study. And you're, and you, you can, oh, there's just, you walk down the rehearsal, oh my God, this person kills, this person kills too. This, and you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At a certain point, you're sitting there in the rehearsal room. This has happened to me. I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm, and I'm playing um, quick side and then I'll, I'll get right back to it before i even got into jazz guitar i was big into metallica i love stevie ray vaughn oh, yeah. i love blues music uh i uh, uh for a while i got into dave matthews as well too and I'm then i got to into jam band hey don't be sorry it was it was an incredibly fun time sure amazing time i'll take a word for that <laughs> um but i enjoyed it i always looked forward to picking up a guitar and playing it because it was so much fun even though there were, there was stuff where like I sat down and like, I would play the recording, I tried to master it. There was definitely discipline you had to put into it. And then at a certain point, where I, as I was learning jazz, I was frustrated with myself. I like would throw the guitar aside, and my wife was like, "What's wrong?" I goes, "It doesn't sound jazzy enough," you know. And she was like, "You know, you couldn't really understand that." And then I'm playing again, like listening to other musicians. I'm like, I, I don't sound like Wes Montgomery. I don't sound like Kurt Rosenwinkel. I don't sound like uh, Stryker, like all, all these uh, jazz greats. Mm-hmm. And then um, I learned to chill out. But I'm like, you know, what? I, I just got to put it down for for a little while. And then I heard this lecture by by Kenny Barron where he basically said, "Do you do you guys 
even remember why you picked up that instrument? Do you remember the feeling that you had when you first pl pl played piano? And uh, it was almost like the beginner's mind and everything was kind of like new, new to you and all and the sounds that were coming out that you were producing and that first feeling of just playing, just playing, not trying to outdo someone else, not trying to learn this, not trying to uh, uh, play this dominant seven sharp nine and then and then go to this diminished whatever and then keeping all these chords in your head, but just playing and a bunch of them like, nope. Yeah. And so his whole course was about exercises to get back, to, to just remember that. State. So that's what you mean by when he said, be kind to yourself? Be kind to yourself because you start to introspect and you start to reflect on like, what have you invested in, you know? Especially being kind to myself. It, it rang most, most true to me because <clears throat> there were points... I remembered back in high school where I loved playing Steve Ray Vaughan so much. I wanted to be the guy or whatever. I would watch his VHS tapes oh, or whatever. And I would, I learned how to play guitar behind my back by... He's, he's the best. By rewind button and slowly, do, do, like pause, play, pause, play, pause, play. Before This is before YouTube. I learned how to uh, flip the guitar behind my back mid, mid whatever by, by watching him. Nice. And I threw that away all because I need, I needed to be the, the, this jazz machine, right. you know? And I realized like, like, just dude, be kind to yourself. Do you know the amount of people out there that have invested time and would kill to just be able to play a lick like yeah. Stevie Ray Vaughan? And so maybe something for, for computers. Do you know how many people out there would kill for the, the chance to be able to, they see this web page that does what you what we would think is on oh, that's that's you know yeah that's beginner shit that's a you know freshman level mm -hmm. course thing mm -hmm. but to them it's like magic to yeah them, I, I mean, having having the joy for what you do is definitely i think a prerequisite to it's, actually working at getting better at it it's a kind of joy but it's also that's who you were at that point mm -hmm. that's who i was and so am I going to, so it's kind of like saying, be kind to yourself. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, looking, looking and seeing, do, am I a better person today than I was yesterday? And, and then, only that, I mean, but did you forget who you were? Are you going to hate, are you going to hate that aspect of your life? Are you really going to throw away all that Stevie Ray Vaughan? And what I'm, I'm feeling personally attacked right now. No, no this is me. This is me. I'm attacking myself. <laughs> I was, and, and I realized like, Jesus Christ, what a jackass I, I, yeah. I, I was. And then it became so... Uh, there was an, it was like my second wind in, in playing guitar because then I came in the next day and I was mixing Jimi Hendrix with Stevie Ray with all this jazz stuff mm -hmm. that like I was so, you know, and then everyone was like, well, what did you do? Yeah. Because before you said, you sounded like a robot trying to play jazz, but now you just sound like you're playing. That's good. And it sounds, and it sounds amazing. So. And the rest is history now. There's give and take to that. Yeah. Because then you can get too loose, and then you're not learning anything. True. And then you have to, you know, add a little, all right, let's put a restriction here. This first half of the song, you can do whatever you want, but here, get a little more focused, and, you know. Yeah, so. I, I think, you know, you asked me a question a while back, I think during uh, one of our work talks, and mm -hmm. you were like, like, are you enjoying it? And like you, like I think you asked, like, are you having fun? And yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I kind of gave you the whole. Oh, yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I feel like people have too much fun nowadays. No. It's very easy to have fun. Well, and, um, mm, 
depends on fun. Depends what you mean by fun. Depends on if you, if fun you, fun in the sense that you skirt responsibility for yes, for fun for time wasters yeah and, and if if it's if it's something where too much too many people spend too much time on social media or just like you yeah. know binge watching absolutely agreed but but there's the well it's kind of like be kind to yourself can also be taken it too, can. too literally it can. into it the can. point where you're like yeah I'm, exactly. very, I'm very kind of myself that's, that's why that's why I said that now you can be a little too kind to yourself mm-hmm. and you actually never learn anything yeah you it, it's very contextual it applies to each individual but only you know how much that you're on the bleeding edge of like what your ability is totally. and learning versus you're totally in that comfort zone and you're just, you know, skipping, you know, skip through the meadows, meadows doing the Carlton yeah. dance, you know, <laughs> that's the visual for you. That's a good visual. So. I like it. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's what I, 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 I throw out to you whenever, uh, um, it, but you know, this is only going by your verbal description yeah. of like what, your focus is and i already know and you i can tell by your tone that you're already a very focused individual and it could be that i'm misinterpreted that like this is i may be thinking that you have this super laser focus and you're like no 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 no, no. that's just the way i am that's just yeah. the way i talk you it's, know, so. it's it's a backlash so like mm-hmm. i i was not like this uh during my teens and early 20s go on all. uh i was very much the opposite way of uh you know be kind to yourself like i was very kind to myself during yeah. those years okay. to the point where it became a problem because I was mm. a little bit too kind to myself. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, once I matured to a certain level and, you know, a lot of kind of personal things that happened to me, like, you know, between my, um, you know, my mother getting diagnosed with cancer and then passing away and everything mm-hmm. else, it's kind of one of those things where you, you're like, okay, well, you know, fun is over. Like I had too much fun and obviously it's been affecting me now. Like, I, mm. you know, I found myself in my early 20s you know driving trucks for a living and not having a college degree because i dropped out um and seeing that and being like well my you know then girlfriend now wife at the time was you know getting her she was already in her second degree at that point and kind of being like you know are we gonna actually have a life together or are you just gonna be basically fucking around for the next perceivable future because mm-hmm. if you are then let me know so i can ditch your ass mm-hmm. you know and um you know, at that point, we, I mean, I, I met my, my wife when I was, when I was 15. So we grew up together mm-hmm. and, um, she definitely, as most women do, matured a lot faster than I did. <laughs> um, and you know, now that I kind of got to the point where I was done with the whole childish games aspect of my life, that's when I went full on into the focus of, all right, well now I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I mean, mm-hmm. kind of what I got back to is taking 24 credit hours right mm-hmm. like that's not normal mm-hmm. i had to get special d- dispensation from the dean in order to take that many credit hours and uh, i wouldn't have been able to do that had i been kind of being childish about my work ethic um so yeah i mean it, w- once that switch turned on and i was like ready to build a life i was like all right let's let's do it like there's no there's no halfway measures there, what's that quote oh, that's from breaking uh, bad breaking bad yeah, yeah. There's, no, no, there's no half, half measures measure. walter yeah so yeah. no no half measures i mean you have to be full-on into it and uh it, it took me a while but i i feel like i have caught up with those missing years so and, to speak oh jesus sorry okay and have you found that sweet spot i don't want to say balance maybe the wor- yeah, better we, we, word we is talked sweet about spot this. And, and um i I, I know that it can exist, um, and once I'm working remotely next year, it's a moving target too. It is. It's not one of it those is. things that like, oh, I found the sweet spot. Uh, no, and it's gone. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where 
when external pressures are relieved, then you can kind of find the time to be in that sweet spot. Uh, right now, I don't I don't have the time, basically, because I, like mm-hmm. I said, I only have one hour, really, per day. Mm-hmm. I mean, but so to speak, I mean, I come home from work. I get yeah. home around, you know, 6.30-ish. Um, and, you know, I spend time with my family when, whenever, when he goes to my, when my son goes to bed and everything is all cleaned up from the day, I basically have an hour of free mm-hmm. time, which I can spend usually doing work or, you know, watching a movie with my wife or, you know, whatever that is. Um, so it's like an hour per day. You can get a lot done in an hour, but you can't always have that hour dedicated toward like I'm working all the time on things because if you do, you're going to burn out. Um, but I would say more often than not, I am, I am working toward what one goal or another during that hour of free time that I have. Um, which will be nice when I have more free time. It comes out of free time. I mean, when you have the luxury of time, you know, balance becomes possible. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's impossible. So you're saying it's not possible now. I, I don't think it's possible now. Mm. I, mean, I mean, I am balanced to the point where I'm I'm not ignoring my family and yeah. I'm not ignoring my work. Yeah. Um, so I, I am balanced in that aspect, but things can be more balanced. I mean, I, I could mm-hmm. have, I mean, there are a lot of things that I want to be doing that I can't do right now. I mean, we, we mentioned uh, exercise, right? I definitely want to exercise, but I'm not going to exercise at 11 p.m. Um, don't want to get all amped up before I go to bed, right? Why don't and you I, flip it? Because I get up at 6 a.m. and I have to get ready to get on the train. So, I mean, it, it, there, I, I see your mind working of mm-hmm. how to hack my time more efficiently. And believe me, I've tried. But there are I certain, gotcha. But to be fair, there are certain things that I do take time out for mm-hmm. during my day-to-day, uh, you know, just getting ready for work yeah. that could be more optimized. But I choose not to do those things. How's your uh, nutrition intake these days? That's uh, all right. I mean, <laughs> my wife's a chef, so I mean, I always eat, well, I always eat good. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Um, but I, I have cereal every morning. That's my, my go-to. Um, I'm, I eat like a four-year-old when it comes to the morning, and it's, I'm never going to give that up. It's fantastic. I, I only ask because uh, I did hit a point where exercise was very, very tough uh, yeah. for me. This was uh, after uh, Warren was first born. That's not for anybody at that point, yeah, though. And then at that point, we're all you're you're all just all right. There's a you're you're thrown into the, into the uh, uh, world tumble. What I, I'm doing the motion here. Yeah, John can see it. Two, two fingers in yeah, a circle, counterclockwise. Just really ca- like a cyclone of just yeah. Th- there's no settling of any type no. of routine. You're figuring out out, out that routine. Well, but it's, a, it's of, a major life disruption. I mean. Absolutely. And but what one of the things that I really really uh, uh, focused on was knowing that all right, this exercise stuff is uh, the phys- the being able to physically uh, be active is going to take a huge hit. There is something though that I can kind of control. And that's, uh, and Jess and I have this term where we, we try to not eat like an asshole, not eat like an asshole. Yeah. Eating like an asshole, what, what, uh, being just as processed food, junk yeah. food, all yeah. the beer, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, you know, it's another stressful S- day. Stick, Might as well stick break to it. The, uh, the clear liquors. Like <laughs> <I do. laughs> but it was, it was, it was something where I also ex- knew from, uh, uh, fucking around with it in the past. Ex- I'm sorry, my language, uh, experimenting Terrible. with it in, in the past I'm so of, uh, of, of nutrition versus, uh, your, your physical fitness of just like, you know, for your body composition, I would say like 80% if you fo- is nutrition yeah. and oh, the no, other 20, 80, 20 for sure. Yeah. yeah. Eight, eight, like I could exercise like a beast and I eat junk food, and I still look, look like a schlep. I'm, so. I'm a little bit of a, <clears throat> I would say, outlier for mm. these things, this whole topic, mm-hmm. because um, I, I think I mentioned my health problems with you before in the past, right? 
it's uh, it's something where I don't remember the exact specifics. So yeah, I mean, I basically I was um, in the hospital from basically until I was born until like twelve years old. Wow. In and out. I didn't. I did not know that. Yeah, in and out of the hospital. Okay. Um, I did. Let's say I did a lot of. Uh, I, I graduated all of my my uh, elementary school and middle school basically in and out of the hospital mm-hmm. um, because I have this rare condition. Um, it has a name now, uh, but at the time it didn't have a name. Um, and what ha- what happens is that my the nerve endings in my uh, digestive tract do not contr- do not actually get uh, the response from the synapse. Hmm. So all of that, this, this something called peristalsis in your in your intestines that actually moves your kind of nutrition along the tract okay. um, from your stomach all the way down to your large intestine to your small intestine and then out obviously, um, and that wasn't working for me. So what I had was a lot happening? of well, just it wouldn't it wouldn't go anywhere. It would just get stuck. Um, so they at the time they called it intestinal pseudo obstruction, okay, because it was look at you had, had an actual obstruction, but it wasn't a real obstruction, it was pseudo obstruction. It, it's just things weren't things were moving. moving, yeah, and it causes a lot of obviously pain, and uh, mm. it can even cause death. Um, so mm. luckily enough, my my father at the time uh, was working in a state job, so he had excellent health insurance. Uh, mm-hmm. I probably would not be here today if that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but so yeah, in, in our hospitals a lot. Um, basically a lot of experimental treatments, a lot of surgeries. Um, one major surgery when I was 12 years old was my, uh, my large intestine and most of my small intestine was removed. Mm. Um, so I don't have that part of my body. Uh, so as a result, I don't kind of get nutrition the same way as other people. Mm-hmm. And things like fiber, like, have no effect on me. Because, mm-hmm. like, why would it, you know? That's why you love that cereal. That's why I love that cereal. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, a lot of, a lot of the time is... Um, like I, I'm pretty lean. Like yeah. I look skinny or skinny-ish. Like I'm not like a rail. It's it's that sweet Zelda black tea that it you is. have on. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I've always been kind of been this weight because mm. I can't physically get much bigger. Uh, if I do, I have a lot of pain and a lot of discomfort. Like my, if I get to 170, like five pounds, my scar tissue just starts hurting me all the time. Mm. Like I cannot actually get that ho- that heavy. So. Um, Luckily, so I don't, you have like a like several like reminders. Yeah, I to mean, detract like, <laughs> you from. <getting laughs> if I heavier. overeat, if I overeat, I'm in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. So I tend to not overeat, and my food doesn't really. I don't get the same nutrition as, as other people do. So um, I don't really know like what what rule yes. book to follow when it comes to yes. eating. Mm-hmm. I just know that if I eat healthy and I eat you know mm-hmm. sort of healthy, yeah. I don't I don't eat healthy all the time, but I eat good food for sure, um, uh, and healthy food in terms of where it comes from. Like we try to eat organic as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Not that organic means everything in all situations. I'm not one of those people who's like, Oh, it's, it's good for you. It's organic. But when it comes to meats and it comes to eggs and uh, certain produce, I think it organic does make a difference. Mm-hmm. You're not putting the kind of processed stuff that's yeah, been yeah, transferred yeah. across the entire country or from like Bolivia or something. You know, you, I try to eat locally, eat organic as much as possible just cause it's, it's better for you. Do you feel a positive effect when you eat, quote, good food? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I eat a positive effect when I eat uh, food that is not processed. I think that's mm-hmm. the biggest one for mm-hmm. me is, you know, making sure that the food that I eat isn't isn't the processed junk you get from, you know, packaging and frozen yep. food and things like that. Yeah, it's a, it's a big More energy it. and uh, uh, more aware, awake. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't get as many headaches, you know. Mm. You know, I, I don't uh, I just don't feel as tired. You know, I definitely have more energy, but I, I'm like, I'm like at a uh, pretty much exhaustion level just all the time. That's like my default, and that feels good for me. So, <laughs> when did you decide to start? Uh, when you 
Was it just out of necessity that uh, that sleep cycle uh, tactic that you did for that one year? Yeah, yeah, that was out of necessity because I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I was not sleeping and I and like I went like four days at a time without sleep and that was really bad. I mean, I I got a lot of work done, but then I would crash and like I would mm-hmm. be useless. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've just found like even my my then what if you then, mi- if you missed one of those twenty minute naps. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. It was really it took a lot of effort to really keep mm-hmm. that up. But um, you know, I was young and I had a lot of energy, and it was easier for me to kind of try out new things at that point. I did a lot of responsibility. The body could take it too. Yeah, exactly. A brand new car, banging up a bit. <laughs> exactly. So uh, it worked out for me. I mean, I graduated and got you know tons of scholarships and stuff, and you know, a lot of awards and everything. But um, uh, you know, I, gr- I did a four year degree in like two and a half years. So you mentioned the word confidence uh, a little while ago. Did I? Yes. Oh, cool. Um, I have no memory of this. That's that's why I'm here, man. Exactly. I'm, I'm here for your... Uh, <laughs> uh, your and we, and we could also play it back, but... <laughs> yeah, I, let's not go that far. As far as uh, confidence goes, what do you think you're... Uh, what, how would you define it? Confidence? Yes. I don't know. Um, I think the context of it was um, you, you were saying something where uh, people who... Uh, uh, Again, with that job effect, they had oh, yeah, confidence yeah. in their skills, but it turned out they didn't really have. Uh, well, I think it comes down to confidence is a combination of uh, understanding kind of what the problem is and mm-hmm. your role and how to f- how to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. Just in life, like that's what confidence is to me. But people who don't understand the problem can very easily assume that they can fix it because they don't actually understand anything. So you can have confidence even though you don't really have the ability to solve something. Would you call that false confidence then? Is it, is oh, it like well, a different... It, it ends up being false confidence, mm. but you can't really know if something is confidence or false confidence until after the end result, right? I mean... Interesting. No, no, no. You're right. I heard a good definition uh, of it before. Uh, confidence is being, uh, no matter what the outcome is, being perfectly fine with, with whatever it is. Really? I think I think that's it. I, I've, I've been pondering that. I don't, I don't that. know if I don't know if I agree with that. I've been pondering that. Why, why don't you agree? Well, I mean, being perfectly fine with whatever the result is. Yeah. It's like then why bother trying? Hmm. It's like why bother trying if you're going to be fine with whatever happens? It's just such, such a lack, lackadaisical attitude towards things that you try to achieve in life. Like, well, you know, I tried. Like you get you get a. It's like the whole like uh, participation medal stuff. Hmm. Like you try. I never thought of it that way. But at least you tried, though. Well, trying is better than not trying. Exactly. But is it, though? I mean, like, not all the time, right? If, if you True. have... You can, make things, you can make things a lot worse by trying when Absolutely. you have no ability of whatever it is you're trying. I mean, like, sure, if I see somebody having a heart attack, um, would I be better served toward calling an ambulance or mm-hmm. trying to perform open heart surgery, right? I mean, obviously... I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that it's, you know... Like, it, I it tried. Apply, it applies to... <laughs> it applies... <laughs> that it, it applies to everything. No, it doesn't, yeah. I think... Well, I still think there's there's something to be said with that, of being perfectly fine with, with outcomes, even, even, neg- even negative outcomes. It doesn't... I don't think that automatically equates to then never trying again or... or or what, what did you say? Not even trying in the first place. Yeah, if you don't even try, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, you're never going to know if yeah. you made the right decision. I, th- I, think um, that, I think that's what they were getting at. Like no regrets type stuff, you know. You, you, don't, you don't have regrets of things you didn't do. Well, I mean, I read an article <laughs> yesterday of like the five things people regret on their deathbeds. Really? Um, and it was like basically, you know, not spending enough time with family. That's um, yeah. obviously number one. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, not reconnecting with old friends, not taking time out to follow hobbies. It's always basically time based things and people based things. Um, I, I don't know all or, of them by heart. Okay. I just read it real, really quickly. Okay. But um, 
Yeah, it's um, but it seems common enough. It does seem it, common it, enough. It seems like it seems uh, universal, really. Um, that you could easily like interpret that. Yeah. So did, I mean, where, not where, trying. Uh, it was it was it was a list of five, right? A list of five. Yeah. Where, did they at least do the thing where they put everything on one page? Or they did. did they? Yeah, it wasn't. Okay. It wasn't it a wasn't listicle. One of those, yeah. It was, <laughs> explain a listicle. Real quick. Oh, God, I don't. Want I never to. heard that term. I don't want to. <laughs> it's a. It's an article, but it's in a list. And usually each item in the list is a separate article. Yep. You have to like click to get to yeah. the next page. Oh, the worst. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Trying try to inflate those uh, page views. <laughs> uh, what were you about to say? Uh, well, about I, I, it comes down to what you were saying about confidence. And like you said, it's, you know, being, being, the, oh, being okay with the outcome no matter mm-hmm. what the result is. And I, think I never said a, it was a good thing. I never said confidence was a, was a good or a bad thing. Oh, yeah. That's, that's true. You didn't you know? say that. Yeah. You could mm-hmm. you could equate it to that, and, and I think that's where it falls down with what you were saying too about like well you can have false confidence with it as well. It it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, you know it's as we said it's it's good or bad that you have confidence. It's just that this is what it is. Apply it, and then you know. Well, it's it's funny because you confidence is not really a. I, I don't believe confidence has a has a direct correlation on whether or not you're the right person to do the thing you're trying to do. Right. I mean, like there are plenty of people out there who are extremely skilled and would be better off serving the problem of what you're trying to do in the first place. But because they don't have the confidence, they're less mm. likely to speak up and actually do the thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, confidence isn't it can be a, it can be a net negative. It can be. Yeah. It also is, is the is the positive as well, too, where, you know, you would want especially if it's a leader. Yeah, you'd want somebody to you be want, confident. You want a combination of competent and confident. Yeah, like it's, that, it's that, that's difficult to find that. You know, <laughs> but uh, if, it's if easy you ha- to find plenty of confident people in yeah. leadership positions. There you they, go. They, they tend there to generally mm-hmm. gravitate towards those positions because of their own confidence. It's like a cyclical, yeah. self fulfilling prophecy. And then, and then a feedback that, but, loop. Of, but then you can also get like a, a bit of the again that Dunning Kruger effect where you don't think you never think you're good enough. And then that, which result, well, even yeah, though you it, may it, be, it goes back to the, my, my idol, George Carlin, uh, who kind of goes through this bit where he's saying how kids nowadays have way too much self-confidence <laughs> and he's like, your kids are going to grow up and they're not going to know that they're useless until they get fired from the first job. You know, it's like, uh, you're a bum. You're useless, Johnny. You're useless. You know? But they always got particip- particip- participation trophies throughout their life, so they never re- really realized that they were not the special unique snowflake they thought they were. Are you of that school of thought of the uh, the? It, are there a lot of participation trophies out there? Because I, if there I don't are, know. my son is not old I'm, enough. Yeah, I'm I'm not in the right industry. Yeah, because apparently they, they they if it's if it's rampant, I, think I should be investing. I think there's been a backlash. I, How I, so? I, well, I th- I think you, you, like you and I are around the same age. I believe. Um, I mean, I'm 34. You're around the same age, I believe, right? Yep. Yeah. So we're in between that kind of generation X slash millennial or like X, mm-hmm. X millennials or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, uh, right, at the, right at the very edge of that. And I think the more uh, center of the millennial spectrum kind of mm-hmm. got that participation trophy stuff where, you know, they would go to soccer games and like, hey, you played a game, you get a participation trophy and, you know, you got... Uh, rewarded for trying things and not so much the results um and i I think what uh what i meant by do you think it's as as rampant as it is in actual like uh frequency of it or is it just something where it happened i I, I don't i don't know i mean once and everyone yelled about it i I mean i think there has to be a certain nugget of truth there Uh i mean I, i don't think if it happened once yeah that it would be such a ubiquitous kind of thought around Mm -hmm. 
participation trophies. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd, you'd, I think you'd have more examples, concrete yeah. examples, if it was exactly. a, I think if, that's if what it I'm was asking. a thing yeah. that happened once, but it was a big deal. I think you'd have more concrete examples. But because it's so kind of in the parlance of our times, I feel like it has to be something that was I, widespread, but not very well reported. I do recall, and I and I and I had I threw them I threw them all away because you know clean cleaning them out from yeah. from childhood. I do remember from farm league and little league baseball that there were participation trophies yeah. at the yeah. end of the year. So, but yeah, um, I think it goes were, to kind of par- saying- kind of parentage as well, where we're hmm? talking about you know raising your kids. You <laughs> want to raise them to, you don't want to punish them or only yes. reward them when they win. Mm-hmm. But that being said, you want to make sure that they're. Uh, re- rewarded for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Like just showing up mm-hmm. isn't always enough. I think you were saying uh, uh, the word a backlash. What were, what were you saying? Well, yeah, I, th- I think uh, I see a lot of people nowadays. Um, the the new generation of kids they're they're interested in competition and they're interested in winners and losers. As far as mm. my own my own very mm-hmm. much um, what's the term? Not ancillary, but. Uh, not objective, right? I'm talking from from experience. There's a word that begins with A that I can't think of right now that describes that. Go but on. Either way, it'll probably come uh, up. Yeah, it'll come up eventually. Um, yeah, I, I see it with my niece and nephew. Like they're very interested in kind of, you know, being better mm-hmm. at than they were in the past at something, mm-hmm. and they don't like the kind of platitudes of you know you did good job. It's like, well, what does that mean exactly? Mm. You know, I, I see this a lot with them. Hmm. Um, and it, it's interesting, and I, I, you know, just looking online, I see a lot of kids being more into the kind of let's let's focus on the important aspects of what we're doing here, which is like we're trying to win a game. You know, we celebrate for that. Or oh, that's what you get you for know. watching Fortnite Twitch streams. I, you know? Yeah, I, yeah. What are you gonna do, right? Um, so I think I think it's a good thing. Um, yeah. being being rewarded for uh, your effort, but mm-hmm. I think it's also a better thing to be rewarded for outcomes as well. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have all the answers with this. I'm, I'm trying to yeah figure it out with my own kid. And likewise, I, I th- what I can tell is you you want to make sure you're rewarding somebody based on uh not just their effort, but kind of how they went about solving the mm-hmm. problem. Like for example, when it, when a kid does a good job in a test, you don't say like you did great. You're so smart. You say, you did great. Look how you solved these problems. Mm. Like you did a really good job in understanding the problem mm-hmm. and solving the problem. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think like intelligence really correlates to that kind of problem solving one-to-one. You, you definitely want to, it's a much more, you know, valid indicator for success of understanding uh, the drive and, and kind of ambition and follow through it takes to solve a problem mm-hmm. than it does just understanding it on a very esoteric you know, uh, level via intelligence because mm-hmm. intelligence, you can't really increase your intelligence or decrease yeah. your intelligence that much. It's very much a, a thing you're born with, mm-hmm. but your effort you put into something and mm-hmm. how you focus on the problems is something that you absolutely can, can improve. I've always, uh, I remember growing up like, Oh, what, what is this like partial credit? You know? Yeah. But then like later on, as the problems got harder and harder, I'm yeah, like, like, please, partial, please give me that yeah. partial. <laughs> It's like I knew, I knew, I knew how to solve the problem. I think yeah. the right answer. So, yeah, it 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 got to that point where uh, we were solving for. I believe it was in in in, in algebra, mm. where you you remember that term, show your work. Yep. yep oh yep. man, that was where I was like, 
fuck yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. It, I'm it's kind of like it's ca- you know what it is. It's kind of like uh, uh, every single line of code you comment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was it. it it got to the point where I, I think it, things got complicated enough where even teachers knew that if we were going to score this to go down that path, especially when like, let's say the test was only like four problems or five problems, but it took like an hour. Well, I think it's more important even now. I mean, I, when I went to school, I didn't have a smartphone, you know, yeah. but, yeah. but kids nowadays have smartphones and they can just literally type, like take a, they, actually they don't need to type anything in. Mm-hmm. They can just point their camera at an algebraic equation and get an nice. answer for it yep. right there in their screen without even having to do any math at all. Right. So I think nowadays it's even more important to show your work. So you actually show you can understand the God problem. Damn AI. I know. Taking, t- taking all the joy and fun out of it. I know. Although I, to be fair, I totally cannot do like long division anymore. And it's like, likewise, I, it's been a while since yeah. I've done it a long time since, since I've done it. But at the, at the same time, you, you, there's, there's something to be said, just like kind of understand like the, core kind of like how it works yeah that as long as you have the idea of like how it works you know i've always hated that in those math classes where it's like we had to do long division of just like and the remainder it would be like the weirdest thing the answer would be like 76 remainder 23 like that that doesn't do anything for me but to be fair i use the modulus operator so often Mm, nowadays (laughs) likewise likewise (laughs) as well so this pattern of learning i think you even said though that you're you've you've yet to either recognize like the the abstraction of like one skill to to another is that what it is or it's just more so you haven't had time to like really start doing well, that it's my balance i mean i think it's going to be one of those things where i i i figured out the way that i i learn best and i've gotten to the mm. point where i can like i'm i'm very much adept at my job and mm-hmm. i i can i know the things that are coming out and I know how to keep on track with those. I mean, it's kind of hard with software, especially, you know, I don't want to get, you know, have this be a software podcast, but in the sense that it's, it's not like, you know, one thing and you're going to do that thing for the rest of your life. I yes. mean, software is a moving target. Sure. Um, so you can never exactly stop learning. Unfortunately, I kind of wish you could, that'd be nice, but I didn't pick that job. And I think we get rewarded quite handsomely for our, our efforts. And that was, that was one career, of the first so. things they always, that, that they taught us. Was that, yeah. yeah, it it you're not you're never going to stop learning. There's, this. there's no free it, lunch. I mean, yeah. we, we get we get we get paid a relatively large amount of money, uh, and I, I it would probably say applies to a lot of others just outside of so- well, you know, software. Yeah, software it's a constant general, yeah. moving con- uh, uh, target, but also in the medical field, like you know, new procedures always coming up. Yeah, that's true. So, that's true. Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, there's always the people who decide not to do that, and mm-hmm. then they somehow either successful or unsuccessful at their jobs depending on where mm-hmm. they work, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a moving target and you always have to be up to date and, and learning things, but I'm at a point now where I, I, I've kind of reached my, my goal of being able to work like a normal person when it comes <laughs> to learning new things, you yeah, know, yeah. spending, you know, spending 30 minutes a day and just trying something out or keeping my skills fresh, uh, should be enough for me going forward. Uh, unless there's like some, you know, sea change in the way that things are operating, like react, for example, when that yeah. came out, that was a big sea change in how applications were. What do you mean by sea change? Um, something that totally shifted the kind of way we do things. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Why do they call it sea change? I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. The, 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 it's, it's a, it's a term. Gotcha. For sure. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not making this up, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think when it comes down to, it's a game changer, yeah, game changer, right? Uh, it's yeah. I'm at a point now where I'm pretty comfortable kind of 
doing the whole work-life balance mm. once I have more time. It's just like right now I have so little time and it all comes here, back to that. So here, here's a, here's the the question then. Let's say you've you've reached this point of whatever uh, satisfactory mastery of, <laughs> of of whatever you're learning right now for, mm. for your job. What are you interested uh, in learning in the future? Oh, definitely. I'm, I mean, I want to do like less learning and more just doing things. Like, like what? I, I want to, <clears throat> uh, my wife even says she's like, I'm going to lock you in your room for an hour every Sunday or every Saturday to do painting because she's like, you're, you were a much happier person when you were painting. Um, and hmm. like, that's something I, I'm like, yeah, I totally, totally legitimate. And I was happier when I was doing more art. So I'd like to get into that more. Um, so, so get into that though. Like, why were you, obviously she thinks that you, you were happier. I also agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. What is it? What is it about painting that makes you quote happy? Um, it's, it's an, it's an outlet that doesn't have any kind of, I don't know. It's something about this bringing something to life in that way. That gives me a lot of joy. Mm-hmm. Um, just drawing and painting in journal. I mean, it's the thing I've done the most in my life is drawing and painting. Um, I've been doing it since I was five. So, um, I haven't really drawn or painted anything in the past, I would say seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just because I'm, you know, like I said, focusing hundred percent on kind of clearing that gap that I took those gap years that mm-hmm. I kind of missed out on. Um, but now that I'm here, I'd like to get back into it and definitely do some more painting. And, and what is it? Is it, is it, uh, do you get something out of, uh, uh, a lot of quantity of art produced is, or is no, it? No, no, it's, it's really just the, um, one focusing on one thing at a time and mm. getting, getting that mastered, you know, just kind of painting and do using art to kind of just do my thing and get it, get it working good. I don't know. It's fun. It's fun to me. So I definitely enjoy it. And I, hi, Habs. <laughs> hi. Habs is checking in. Yeah. Hobbs is, on our Hobbs guests, is giving, as usual. Hi, yeah. He's giving you the sniff test. Such a cutie. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I definitely was a happy person when I was doing art, and mm-hmm. uh, I can recognize that. And my wife obviously recognizes it too. So uh, when I have more time, I'd like to spend it doing that. I also want to go get into hiking. I've not had any experience with that, but I do love kind of just going mm-hmm. outdoors and like being in like mountain air, mountainous areas or in the woods and stuff. And um, want to have that be kind of a thing we do with a family. Gotcha for sure. The going back to to the to the art thing I'm, i i love asking these and, and probing with these questions because it's 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 always great finding out or unlocking um what brings a a, a person joy mm-hmm. in 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 whatever they do and i'm trying to correlate it to what uh, i'm thinking back now to what i in, enjoyed about uh, you know, mastering something in guitar. Yeah, I think, it, think there's a lot of correlation between how you do guitar and how I view art. Was did you have particular influences that you just were in awe of, or you really, really respected, and then you kind of like, or role models that you just like really wanted to nail either their style no, or no, no, no really, I'm not really. I mean, I I've <clears> always <throat> been. So I think a lot of it comes down to the fact of I've always been really good at it. Uh, you know, ever since mm-hmm. I was five, no, I, I could, sense. I could definitely draw things like perfect from looking at them on a, on a magazine without having to trace them. Um, is it, is there something being expressed in when you do painting that everything, that there's well, a lot of other things that, that it can't, you can't seem to express yourself through? Yeah. It's kind of interesting. You mentioned that, but sure. I, I don't, I don't know if that's 
totally true that I can't express myself in other ways. I mm-hmm. mean, I think it takes. Well, no, 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 no not, not that, not that you can't express yourself. Does it? Ex- is it a way that it? It it's the best, or at the time, it just it's, it's a different way of, of looking a at a different things. way of doing it that no other things can scratch. You know? Well, I, I think it comes down to the fact of when you're when you're painting, you're all in, right? I mean, like you you have your setup, like you have your easel, you have your paints mm-hmm. laid out. There's a time box, kind of, you know. Go to go, go very, as deep as you want into you, your process. Go well, deep into your go do it. <laughs> it's very much like a a thing that is going to take this much time to do. Mm-hmm. And there's no shortcuts to it. And it's mm-hmm. really one of those things where you have to dedicate the time and just put the time in if you want to actually get anything out of it. Um, and there's a clearly defined, I wouldn't say goal, but process that goes along with painting. Like okay. you're going to be applying a lot of paint to a surface over an extended period of time. And mm-hmm. there's different ways of doing that, but overall that's kind of it. Whereas when it comes to like the only correlation I can really think of is like when I'm trying to express myself in a creative way via web development, mm-hmm. um, there's always some aspect of getting distracted by something else. But like, so, uh, you, you know, mm-hmm. you're n- not so much like you're going to be on Facebook, but mm-hmm. you know, you're going to create some kind of cool animation and you're like, okay, well let's do the animation. Okay, first I need to kind of do a little bit of research into what that mm-hmm. is, what the technology is that I use that. Mm-hmm. And then you find yourself kind of down a rabbit hole of like, Learning, uh, you know, while also learning to through something else. Whereas, like with with art, the learning is something that I think occurs. This is something while where you're working on it, and it's mm. there's no there's no like you don't necessarily need to have an external resource when you're painting. All you really need is your paints, uh, surface, and time. Hence, why I think your wife said lock you in a room. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you can't actually go out and like, oh, how do I do? This? Nope. No. Yeah. What you have right now, exactly, in your heart, in your mind. Yeah. Go. Just, just do it. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. And because I mean that's what I did. I mean when I, when I decided, quite arbitrarily, and when I was a senior in high school to be in design, um, I had to put together a portfolio, mm-hmm. and I had nothing at that point. I mean I decided kind of just out of, on a whim to be a designer, mm-hmm. um, based on how I viewed the job, and uh, so I, I spent three four months doing art, and actually literally locking myself in a room with a t- with a teacher kind of give me assignments and saying, do this, do this, do this. And, um, you know, it was a lot of fun and, uh, I enjoyed it very much and kind of being able to, uh, to do, get back into that would be nice. What was the fun? The fun was just trying different stuff. I mean, mm. you know, coming up with diff- different art techniques and working with different mediums and, you know, the end result and seeing what it looks like and then realizing you can always do better. Like you made certain decisions you could make again. And, you know, is what, well, do you think what do you, this 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 uh, I'm trying to get the word the newness factor the the shiny object factor? Do you think the that newness? played it? Well, the I mean, novel, I, novelty, the novelty, there we go. right? Yes. Uh, Did that maybe a little bit? But okay. I think I think the novelty is something that you're you're going to be doing regardless when it comes to art. It's not the same way as you work in software where mm. there's always something you can bring from other projects mm-hmm. into it. You, there's no shortcuts, right? Yeah. You, you, there, you always have to start with a blank canvas and some kind of medium. So it's always new. Every, <coughs> every time you do it, it's new. Let's say, uh, again, what wife says, art, you lock yourself mm-hmm. in the room. You uh, produce uh, art through whatever medium you want. And no one else but yourself sees it yeah would you be perfectly fine with that yeah cool okay yeah definitely um i I think 
the end goal was really to start getting into uh, fi- I, I've never really found my own style when it comes mm-hmm. to painting or art in general, I would say. I mean, I have, my wife tells me she's like, you have a very distinctive style when it comes to design. Mm-hmm. It's a combination of um, kind of pseudomor- pseudomorphism and mm-hmm. also uh, illustration. Yeah. Um, and so if in case people don't know what pseudomorphism is, it's kind of bringing real life objects into a uh, uh, kind of space that is not real life. Um, mm. So you, Interesting. So okay. like for a good example I can put is like the, the um, very early iOS interaction guidelines had very scudomorphic patterns. So like the notes app looked like a notebook, for example, <laughs> whereas now it looks very much just like a dig- digital yeah. thing that yeah, has yeah, no yeah. really relation to mm-hmm. real life. Um, ah, and, and my style, interesting analogy. Yeah, yeah. my style is, is very much on the scudomorphism side of things. Or, the, or, or like the, the first few, maybe like drawing like paint programs that actually tried to make it exactly. look like a, yeah. a, a, a canvas with a yep. paint and a pencil. And now it's just like, nope. No, yeah. like, it's all here's, very here's abstracted. Your, this is what the brush is going to be. This is what it, it, it doesn't actually try to make it look like it's, you're painting with a paintbrush. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, um, interesting. But, but to, yeah, to kind of go back to what I was saying with, with art, um, I've always been very good at like, still life style. Yeah. yeah, I've always been good at still lifes and kind of replicating what I see um, in a very literal way. Um, but I want to get away from that. I want to figure out kind of what what my style is, and I haven't had really enough experience to really try that out. Wouldn't that quote that we talked about in the beginning of the podcast, like uh, attempt to draw a perfect circle, and the imperfections in mm-hmm. that circle is that's you and that's your style. So obviously, if you, I don't think. You know, as good as you are, John. I don't know if you're doing a one-to-one perfect representation. Well, of, I mean, I'm not you know, Rembrandt by any yeah. means, but I mean, but, I, I do, I do come. I would say uh, on that scale of photorealism when yeah. it comes to my painting and my drawing. But there's I mean, still, but there's still some types of, I'm sure, imperfections that that are well, I, always you, constant, right? With but you. The, the thing is, I, I don't have enough experience to really oh, okay. say what those okay, are. Okay, I got so you. that that's my mm-hmm. goal is to have more experience with kind of the whole painting and drawing thing, getting back into it, so I can find my style and then make larger formatted things we can actually hang up in our house and have our own personality, my wife and I and our kids, kind of into the art we put in our house. Do you think that this uh, you? spending this time of going into all your art. This is your introspection, uh, quote, self-discovery method for just finding out more of who you are. Deeper question, man. Feel free to take your time. Mm, I don't you think know. so. I think, you don't think uh, so? I think, my you think you've already out? I think my experience with, with psychedelics took care of that. Oh, uh, really? Back, back in the early <laughs> days of my life. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I think I've pretty, that, was, that was you then, I though. think I've explored my brain pretty pretty well is it really that that uh introspective do you really it can from, be i yeah. think it depends on the person but i i definitely had some very much uh but it was back then wouldn't wouldn't do, do the do, i don't know do the, do the minds of man ever really change though i mean i think your behaviors change but mm-hmm. who you are as a person doesn't shift that much over the years um the ways in which it is reflected by your actions certainly changes but like who you are i don't know if that changes a lot Certain life experiences, though, can kind of I mean, short circuit or sure. jumpstart certain uh, aspects. Well, like like, like of I was your... saying, I mean, I when my when my whole thing with my mom and everything yeah. else, and like that mm-hmm. that changed the way I, I acted exactly. for sure. Yeah. but it's two sides of the same coin, I think. <sighs> two very different sides. Well, yeah, you know, so it could be, uh, and that coin could be huge. Yeah. So it's with maybe, a Y. 
Why? <laughs> Maybe you, you know, they're, they're, I guess what I'm saying is that, that that's uh, that those those experiences, psychedelic experiences, intense ones, obviously, yeah. that, you, that you had back when I'm assuming when you were four or five. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but, but I mean, it, yeah. your point was kind of. You know, will the art be a better way of discovering myself? And not a better way. A do way. Do you see it? Do you see it as like? I, I think everything a, you do a, in life is a way. If you're not paying attention, then you're never mm-hmm. going to. I mean, I could, I could just be on autopilot painting, and it wouldn't have any kind of correlation to gotcha. understanding what who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. But um, if you live your life that way, I don't know if. Live your life what way? Well, if you live your life not really paying attention to your actions and how you view yourself, then I don't see how one hobby is going to change that. I think it's either like getting back to the, think the theme of the podcast, all or nothing when it comes to viewing yourself and doing self-reflection. I mean, I don't think it's a thing you can really turn on or off personally. Hmm. But I know that some people do kind of take time out of their day to do meditation and yoga and, and that's their self-reflection time. Um, but I'm not that kind of person. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's kind of like a very, very active, very, you know, they're attempting to do that, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. where that, where that particular t- activity is one-to-one, like, yeah, this is my time for self-reflection type mm-hmm. stuff where versus if I, you can just buy, what is that? The, the Zen of motorcycle maintenance. Yeah. You just go out in the garage and you just work on your car. You just yep. work on, on something, but just due to the getting into the quote flow state, that's, that, that that there you go. So this yeah. is a you, this is a probably another method for you to get into into for a, sure. a, a, di- a different flow state. I'm yeah. sure it's a different flow state than when you are uh, you're just on when it comes to you know development. Yeah, but I, I think more than that. I mean, I, we talk a lot about myself, but my, my major goal is I would say is when we have, when I have more free time, we're living back in Buffalo, is to mm-hmm. have you know my wife and kid start really developing their own uh, flow states and their own self-reflection and their hobbies, because, um, you know, that's kind of, it's been really difficult for us here in New Jersey to, Mm. to find that, that balance of having, uh, you know, them get into their own things and finding a life here. So, um, I'm very interested in my, I know my wife wants to get into kickboxing for sure. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to having her, you know, beat the shit out of stuff, uh, coming, coming shortly. I think it'll be interesting for a, a, a round two when you come back on, on the podcast, hopefully maybe even remote, you know, since yeah. we talked about remote yeah, all, the, all, all, remote. all the time, Absolutely. but, um, I think this is a, is a, is a good point to, uh, uh, to wrap up, especially now that we hear, uh, the namesake of the podcast making his presence known, <laughs> woke up from his nap. Yep. But John, we, we, we did a while. That's good. Yeah. You did almost two hours. You did an hour 50. Wow. That's yeah. going to be a long, boring podcast people <laughs> listen to, I'm sure. <laughs> Give your, oh, no, 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 John. Be kind to yourself. <laughs> yeah, I will. Don't worry. Every day. <laughs> I want to thank you, man. No problem. It was, Thanks it, was, it, was, it was a long time where, where I definitely wanted you on. And then, you know, circumstances lined up and yeah, the you're, stars you're, you're aligned finally and here. here. Yeah. And uh, I would hope to have you on again at another point. For sure. To an update or something. Thank you very much, John. No problem. Thank you. Just so you all know, we remained DuckDuckGo and Google-free the entire time, and I'm pretty sure the right side of the brain is the creative side. Someone please look it up for us. <clears throat> As always, you can get in touch with us at Dear Warren Podcast at Gmail, Instagram, and on Facebook. We thank you for listening and all the support. We will always be here. We love you all, and we will see you next time. Hopefully, I I think it's going to happen this time. You think? I think. See you next time with the wonderful Jessica for the Midweek Podcast.